Hello, classmates, and welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Movie Review Edition. I'm your host for today, Pete. I'm Joseph. And I'm Tyler. And today we're going to review the second in our Flanathon, my pick from the Wheel of Destiny, Gerald's Game. This is going to be good for us, Jess. Really good. <laughs> it was not really good. <laughs> on the difficult things. Ron Howard pops in. <laughs> Let's go in. Get comfy. Get comfy. Bet you think your husband will be back any minute. Try to go for help. There's no one for miles. Gerald? I'm sorry, baby. You don't get to know my name. Gerald, what kind of game is this? I'm serious. Is this some sort of Gerald's game? Gerald? What? Gerald. Gerald? Gerald. Wasted screaming for neighbors that are half a mile away if they're even here yet. How long do you think someone lives without water? That will not work. You can pull to your wrists, break. You're not getting out of those cups. Not real. Not real. Spoiler alert. He's not real. Oh uh, yeah, that was a spoiler, right? In the, right, right. In the goddamn trailer. Yeah, I know. They pretty much explained the whole plot in the trailer, <laughs> and they're like, "And there was a Moonlight Man all along." Uh, uh, so Gerald's game is uh, written and directed by Mike Flanagan. Screenplay also by Jeff Howard, based on the novel of Stephen King. Uh, this is from 2017. It is a Netflix um, exclusive movie, original movie, I guess. Whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah. And it stars Carla Gugino, one of my favorite names to say, playing Jesse. Bruce Greenwood playing the titular Gerald, Chiara Aurelia the young, playing young Jesse, Carl Strutkin playing the Moonlight Man, Henry Thomas, who was also Elliot from E.T., playing her, uh, <laughs> her father, Tom, and who I incorrectly identified as Katie Siegel last week is actually Kate Siegel, mm. a different actress, Sally, who is Mike Flanagan's wife. Oh, wow. I am pretty sure that they are married in real life. Um there is, yeah, she's this, they are constant collaborators. She was the lead in Hush. She was in Oculus. She was in, she's in um, Midnight Mass. She's like the main kind of female character that kind of yeah, lead, yeah. anchors the the story. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so this movie is something that I saw a long time ago and I liked it quite a bit back then and didn't really know what to expect. Kind of a chamber piece. And um, there is one very difficult to watch scene in it that stuck with me forever. And I kind of wanted to see your guys' opinion on this this movie that no one really ever talks about and uh, see, see what your reaction was to that shot. And then also um, just in general. And I wanted to see if it held up to me uh, for me, because uh, the first time that I saw the uh, degloving scene is what it was leading towards. Uh Yeah. I figured as much. I cried out loud in my house. Oh God! Oh, and, and Brie, Brie was like started seeing it happen, and she turned away, and she's like, "Tell me when it's done. Tell me when it's done." And I'm just howling in my house. Oh my goodness! And she's like, "It's that bad?" I'm like, "Yes." And uh, this time, I did not cry out loud, but I wanted to, <laughs> and it's uh, probably not any better the second time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Woo. yeah, should be fun. This is be a fun one to get uh, listeners' perspectives on uh, because it's readily accessible. It's got is on Netflix, which most people, unless you're in Canada, have, and <laughs> and it's uh, it's done by Mike Flanagan, uh, kind of a a, a mid mid tier in his catalog. He's done 
the Ouija Origins of Evil, he did Oculus, he did this, and then he started getting into like the TV serialized sort of stuff, which he's kind of known for today. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So um, let's go around and once you guys give your uh, opinions, initial reactions, and summary of Gerald's game. Joseph. Uh, so I know about the, uh, Gerald's game and I know, I knew about the whole scene or I guess the, the scene that will the deke loving. Yes. I knew about that already going in. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen it. I just knew that it was mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then, and TikTok likes, uh, people like to post clips of movies on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Sure. Uh, thus sure. potentially, you know, spoiling things for people scrolling by sure right so i was spoiled by the uh the courtroom scene already yeah going into this movie so i was expecting that i just didn't know where i was gonna get see that guy see that guy and how he was gonna come into play at all mm-hmm. um mm. and then also like she sees the different faces one being bruce greenwood who is obviously in the trailer and like mm-hmm. he's the husband so he's i know who he was yeah. i didn't know who the other guy was yeah. um which ended up being her uh, father spoiler, her father yeah um and um it was an interesting journey uh it was a chamber piece i wasn't bored at all mm-hmm. um technically all in one room for the most part and it's hour 43 minutes yeah and it feels good uh except for like some flashback scenes and some other sort of trippy stuff that happens yeah um and um overall i i did find it very suspenseful suspenseful and um (laughs) i um it was eerie it was creepy and um i uh i did enjoy it uh enough i um i didn't like love it or anything sure um i like the ideas um or the way they presented certain uh ideas about the main character and her past because it wasn't just a movie about her trapped and she needs to get out it was like basically she's reliving trauma um, Dennis Quaid trapped uh, <laughs> she's reliving trauma while also trapped which mm-hmm. is sort of fueling her trauma that she experienced when she was a child she's straight up triggered and um, <laughs> which was which was a good element to add I think to keep the story um, kind of going and yeah. keep it interesting and engaging um, and how it sort of played out. Cause like, if you think about like the, the weird sort of weird game that Gerald, that Gerald, uh, created <laughs> oh. where he's like, like essentially role playing. Yeah. And he like, it's a rape fantasy. And he like calls himself yeah. daddy and like, she's like, don't call yourself daddy. And then you kind of figure out why it's not just like, it's weird. It's yeah. like also weird for me specifically yeah. that you do that. Um, it's weird because you're 65 years old and calling yourself daddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Green was a handsome lad. Yeah, he is. Um, I, very eyes. fit. Um, and um, I like that aspect. I like the sort of the characters that she invents in her head, like mm-hmm. a version of herself and then a version of her husband, who are like kind of almost kind of bickering with each other in her own head, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and then like words of encouragement that she's essentially giving herself, but it's like, she's Coming doing, from doing it source. from a place of like insanity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess I just kind of, what I, I didn't say I didn't like about it. I guess more just like, I didn't quite get the connection and like the, the sort of whole point of the moonlight man. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like, he's there and he's weird and he's 
they made him really creepy looking and yeah. he collects jewelry um and bones and, yeah, and for bones. Some ears and um those look like chicken bones by the way too that wasn't yeah they was, probably were yeah he's just kind oh, of oh wait no actually those were uh uh bones from the feet of dead people yeah I, I, they and then the elements of the dog kind of just like always there like just munching on this dead body <laughs> um yeah it was gnarly the sound effects and the visual effects were great um and it was really well produced it, if you didn't tell me this was Mike Fallon, I wouldn't necessarily know it was him mm-hmm. other than like the cast being yeah, kind of a def- dead giveaway. Def- definitely the cast. Yeah. Um, and the dialogue. It doesn't quite have the flana flana flare on it. The Flanagan flare on it quite yet. Like, um, I don't know where this lies in the haunting. Like, was this before or in between the haunting series and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, the, the look of it is kind of like an early aesthetic compared to like, his now sort of set in stone style. Very specific Absolute. sheen. Yeah. So this, Absolutely. this is right before Haunting of the first Haunting of Hill House. That yes. was the next year. So he didn't settle into that sort of look quite yet, but he was getting yeah. there. Um but yeah, overall it was uh it was it was pretty good. No no if I'd watch it again, mm. um, but it was pretty good. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Tyler, what's, uh, what's your what's your take? Yeah, so I, I will agree with Joseph in that I don't think I will watch this movie again. Um, at first, I when I got about a quarter of away or like half through the movie, um, I wasn't super into this. I was like, okay, like how like how are how are we going to make this uh person who is uh shackled to this bed interesting interesting um and they definitely found an out to make it to where she is a clearly traumatized woman from her past um i was thinking to myself too that um I would I would have gone out of those uh, uh, handcuffs way faster than she did. What's your What's your move? Uh, you know, break the wrists. You and slip out. You'd break your wrists, and then that's it. Yeah, that, that that's it. Or no, 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 no. You don't, don't break quite, it. I don't no, quite not know bre- how. Not, not break your wrist. Uh, you break your thumbs so that they can. Um, bend in a certain way to where you can get out of the shackles. That's our next Patreon exclusive is Tyler breaking his thumbs to get out of the handcuffs. New escape artist, Tyler Noe escapes <laughs> his handcuffs. It's so the movie itself, um, very Flanagan, um, after watching midnight mass, um, because a lot of the complaints with midnight mass is was like, there was a lot of, it was dialogue heavy and this movie is very dialogue heavy. And, I think that it's not a I don't think it's bad, but I think it was a little bit overused. And I think the premise what, of the, what was dialogue? Yes. Okay. Um I think it was a little bit overused. Um I think there should have been a little bit more focus on the anxiety of being shackled to a bed rather than like going back to uh, her past traumas because she goes insane very fast, Mm -hmm. very fast. Not even 24 hours. She's already hallucinating like two personalities that are uh, uh, berating, not berating. Berating is the, not the correct word, but like basically just like talking to her. And um, I think uh, she was already on the edge even before this trip so with the knowledge 
going forward into the movie, knowing that she was pretty much on the edge, like it's justifiable for her to make sense of her being like, okay, I'm shackled. Now I'm actually going to have to face my demons essentially. Mm. Uh, So I did like how they approached it that way. Um, I thought that there was some very great shots of uh, the dog eating the man. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And also, I'm sorry, Flanagan, you ripped off Berserk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The famous manga that I love and appreciate. (laughs) He ripped it off almost verbatim. With? The Eclipse. Oh, okay. Only only property ever to use an eclipse. Hear me out. <laughs> hear me out here. Okay. okay so I, I mean, I know I'm in my initial thoughts right now, but I just want to get it out really quickly because it's stuck into the forefront of my Go mind. Go ahead. Uh, so in Berserk, there's an eclipse that happens when Griffith uh, sacrifices the band of the hawk, and there's a p- specific scene where uh, they're out on the lakefront. And you can see the eclipse in the uh, in the background, and that is almost a an exact shot of the eclipse in Berserk. Or the alternative is how many different types of ways can you show an eclipse and people watching it? Well, no, I'm just saying because there's a waterfront, there's the eclipse, and mm-hmm. then there's like a person like in the foreground, like. It, it it's almost verbatim, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, this movie, um, it you know, like it, it evoked a certain uh, feeling that I had when I was watching Midnight Mass, where I was like not interested, but also interested at the same time. Like I wanted to know what happened next, but at the same time, I was just like, I don't really care. But it was so well done that. You know, I I want to see I I want to see it to the end. Um. So yeah, this was this was an it, it's interesting. Okay. It was an it, it was an interesting concept. Why didn't you Why didn't you care about Carla Gugino? If it was a man, would you care? Uh, <laughs> you care, poor, poor woman chained to a bed. <laughs> poor woman, a poor woman who's been traumatized as a child, as we learned throughout the movie. Uh, no, I don't care. No, okay. I don't care about her. She could die. Get eaten by that dog. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I was, I was. <laughs> I actually, um, I was a little bit elated when the dog tried to start eating her when she was chained to that bed. Wait, so why didn't you care about her? I mean, just, I I don't know. She just wasn't really a compelling character in the story. Like, her story was compelling, but the character itself was just kind of like, you know, like, but... Again, I'm a little bit biased because when I was watching the movie um, in the beginning, I was like, I, I would be out of those uh, <laughs> handcuffs like within, within less than 24 hours. Is that hours. how you uh, uh, try to relate to characters based on decisions or things that you would do versus the character in the movie that you're watching would do? I guess so. Yeah. At, at times. Yeah, I guess so. I do that sometimes. Yeah. All right. Well, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't regret watching it and I don't think it was a bad movie and I really like Flanagan's work. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it, I enjoyed myself. Okay. So this is my second watch and uh, I think that it is a, uh, a very nice tight movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's 
hard to find entertainment like like create entertainment and and um, like thrilling nature of a story when it is a chamber piece and you know that character is going to be stuck in that room for so long sure but there's there's a number of movies that do a very good job of it and i feel like this is one of them doing the flashback is a little bit of a cheap to make it not so much a chamber piece but it does work in the context of the movie because you're getting more information about the uh character from the trauma that she's experiencing like real time as all this is happening so um i uh i i really like this movie it's um it took me a few years to want to watch it again (laughs) okay (laughs) so let's see 2026 maybe we'll clock it in for a third time we'll we'll see um but i agree with tyler in the sense that when i saw her initial conundrum that she's in i'm like i probably spin myself around grab my arms to the back like the one arm i have to the one head head headboard like post and then spin around and try to kick the like put pressure and like break the wood off yeah and it's like maybe as like a full-grown man i might be able to do that (laughs) and she's a tiny gugino who can't do it (laughs) maybe maybe can't do it herself or whatever but um I agree with that in, in some sense, but uh, on the other hand, I also agree with um, uh, what you said, Joseph, where the Moonlight Man just did not make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I thought I would figure out more of how he ties into the story. He was creepy the looking. second time. And yeah, Brianna hates the Moonlight Man. When I was going to said I was going to rewatch this, she goes, do that one without me. Fuck that Moonlight Man. I don't like, I don't like him. <laughs> and it's just one of those things that gets under her skin. He didn't, I didn't find him particularly creepy, but I did find him. When he's looming in the shadows, that was creepy. When he's sucking on those toes, that was oh. great, a great shot. That was that 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 is the perfect uh, jump scare in a movie. Okay, because like and, when and, it happened. Oh, sorry, back, go back ahead. back to my initial thoughts. <laughs> so, um, when I'm watching it the second time, I'm thinking, I know he's real, but how the fuck did he get into there? How I know the door is open and stuff, but. It's yeah. just a really convenient that he just wandered into this house, staring at her on the bed, decides not to do anything with her because he's established that he's a psychopath in the in the car ride to this uh, desolate cabin there. You hear news stories about the grave robbers and the ongoing home, yeah, home invasions yeah, and yeah, this yeah. and that. And and you see this dude and you're like, that dude's not right. There's not something wrong with that guy. He's a creep. And you assume he's fake he's not real and then even at the end of the story when she gives him the ring i'm like this is all fake this is all not real it's all in her head until she's at the damn court scene Mm -hmm. like they're just arresting this this spook this specter he's a (laughs) freaking a demon he's a ghoul he's a ghoul some sort of a dracula or something that's a human being you're talking about (laughs) is he yeah in this movie well, maybe in I this movie know. he's just a person, which just takes the mysticism away from it for me. Because I like when I when I when I get a Stephen King title, I know I'm in for a little bit of a little bit of gabagool, a little bit of magicism, a little abracadabra, you know, something go, something to hang your hat on in the, in the sure, fantasy sure. mystery, you know, department. Maybe yeah. a child's orgy. Yes, uh, on uh, top of the like, fantasy, a little bit of that. How come he didn't get canceled for that? I don't know. Stephen King doesn't give a fuck. Stephen King's just doing coke all day anyways. It was the 80s. Okay. (laughs) It was the 80s. So anyways, (laughs) I I do like this movie. I think it is a good watch for just about anybody. And 
the there the the editing with the like the misdirection where it's the moonlight man licking her toes and then it's actually the <laughs> the wolf dog licking her toes and yeah what a great um what a great on scene on set dog too because oh totally the little bit of him coming out of the bushes at the very beginning when she tries to feed him the wagyu beef no it's kobe kobe beef Co- whatever yeah it came it's, from Kobe. The, the, he had to make sure. It's only Kobe actually, beef if it comes from the Kobe region of Japan. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just sparkling steak. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the uh, the um, but it, the, it retreats into the bushes and then it, like pokes its head out and it's like that's a good acting dog. That's great. And he's he had a great presence in the room and it's like I, I didn't even think about that. I, yeah, I appreciate good animal on sets because I I can understand how hard it would be to try to get the shot with a fucking animal that doesn't speak the same language you do, you know? So anyways, um, the degloving scene is seared into my memory even more now. Yeah. I love it. I love the disgustingness of it at all. It's so, uh, what's like really disgusting about it and not as the, like, I mean, obviously the pulling of it through the cuff, but like her just like prepping her hand to do it. Basically slicing, an opening on the bottom of the hand, mm-hmm. the top of the wrist. Yeah. And also going upwards to create that in the middle like of the a, palm. Like a, a, T, a T-shaped incision. Yeah. So, this is what I had a complaint about. Well, she went too deep into that wrist. She like, did, she because, did go pretty because deep. Because they're... Well, she's not a doctor. <laughs> she's not a surgeon. It doesn't she's, matter if you're a surgeon. Like, so, like, I mean... I know that like blood is slippery. So like if I was, God God forbid, if I was in that situation and I had to, uh, you know, slice my wrist to uh, get my hand out of a cuff. Like I know, like when you watch that scene, like it is very, very deep and graphic. Like you see like a chunk of skin, like flapping off. Yeah. And it's like, why would, why, why would you like, I understand that like you're in a state of panic, but however, like, like, just she didn't like, do it right. Like calm. Like, she didn't do it right, right, Tyler? So she did not. And <laughs> so this is so the, the logic that I have for her is, um, or the logic that I would have in that situation would be, like, of course, like I would panic really quick, and like you know, I'd be thrashing around, like having adrenaline coursing through my veins and all of the cortisone, like pumping me up. After, like, I would get it all out of my system, you know, and crash, as uh, her uh, hallucination said. And then I would think, like, okay, how am I going to get out of this situation with the least amount of injury? Like, mm-hmm. I, w- I would approach it very logically. Although, like, I know that doesn't make for an entertainment. I would just smash, smash your thumb. I, well, although, the, the- I, although I know, like, I mean, yeah, I, w- I would either break my thumb, get out of the the cuffs or I would cut my wrist and use the lubrication of my blood to get out of the cuff. That's what she did. Well, that's, 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 what, just, that's what I thought she was going to do. It just so happened that she also did gloved her hand. Now that's the question. So was it, was it intentional? Did she try to peel her gloved hand off or was it just, that's just how, cause it's like, if you wanted to get some blood, I mean, you could just, cause the explanation of it is going to lubricate. It's is gonna that she's, yeah. is that she just said that like, it's going to be slippery. Like, blood is slick as oil whatever yeah it didn't say they never mentioned like and i'm gonna remove the skin on my hand yeah i was thinking like because when she goes all the way up and makes like the the incision all the way straight through the palm and then the t the line across the wrist it's almost like she was like she was prepping for the hand to come the glove to come off 
It's like you would have think maybe you turn the back of your wrist, cut the cut it here, and then turn it the other way and cut it some more on this side. I mean, get some blood going on each side of the wrist and spin it around and then pull it out. I mean, around the table here, we're, sur- we're, we're survivors, so like we would definitely like think logically in like this unimaginable situation. Wait, 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 wait. Is, I don't know if this is for comedy or this is a bit or Tyler. It just seems kind of weird that like we're survivors. We're all three men here. Mm-hmm. And you're saying this is what I would do as a man in that situation. Yeah. And this and you're stupid implant- woman. And like it, it's, <laughs> little, it's a little man. It's a little mansplaining. It's very mansplaining. Very mansplaining. It's not, it's, it's She's like, not using good brain because, you know, as if I was there, I, mean, I would <laughs> dislocate my thumb, potentially even break it. And then I, I if I had to cut my wrist, I wouldn't go that deep that's no. really why would she go that deep how stupid can one gookino be really <laughs> for real well that's, my, that's the, it's the, very, the, it's the, very the, your, your ass is showing tyler the, the, that's you're not, showing your ass that's, that's, it's not fair for you to cast that how dare ju- you how dare you say that, that that's it's, not it's I'm not, not fair mansplaining for, anything it's how it's, that's how it's coming off okay i'm explaining something that's As not a man mansp- as a man here's how <laughs> to a woman and you're saying like she did it wrong and it's 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 weird. The real question is, did she get out? However, did she get out, Tyler? Imagine. Okay, did she yes, get out. Yeah, she did with a, with a, a great injury to her. Uh, what was it left hand? Ima- no, okay, right hand. Right, imagine, imagine this real victim in the room, and you're saying like, "But why would you go? Why would you cut so deep? Why'd you do that?" You know, she's she's being t- treated for trauma, and Tyler's the ER nurse, and he's like, "You shouldn't have cut so deep." <laughs> sewing her up like that's a pretty dumb move. <laughs> I would be dumb. the I'd be the most hated ER doctor. Um, <laughs> No, uh, but it's I, I was going to have another point to mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Look at him backpedal, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not even back. God damn. Um, <laughs> Spit out your point then. Get to it. You've been, talking for, tw- you've been talking for 25 minutes about how much better of an escape artist you are than her. <laughs> All I'm saying is like in the state of panic, though, I can understand that doing things a little bit more uh, extremely is going to be much more, you know, acceptable. Like it's like, it's going to happen because she's thinking, okay, like I just need to get blood. And then she's uh, panicking because she's dying of dehydration and starvation. So she is going to, you know, make extreme decisions that may not, you know, benefit her in her escape. Um, so yeah, I I mean that's what that's what I appreciate about uh, great takeaway. She could have done better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, she could have done better, but I understand the emotion, the the stakes, and the emotional uh, uh, state that she was in. All right, um, I got some I got some trivia to go over. Um, this is uh, Flanagan is uh, kind of famous for being having this little universe, his Flan uh-huh. Flaniverse. Yeah. And uh, he uses the same people, same writers, same whatever. And it's like, I'm not complaining about it. But it is, there becomes a lot of um, like, almost like one hand shaking the other sort of thing. Yeah. And um, in the eclipse, the characters of this uh, take place, uh, the events of this take place at the same time as Dolores Claiborne, which also has a main character who has been sexually assaulted by her father at a young age during an eclipse. Um, At the very... On the uh, bookshelf above the bed was the book Midnight Mass, yep, which she I throws at the dog. That, yeah. that book, the fictional book, was written by Kate Siegel's character from Hush, which Mike Flanagan written directed. <laughs> oh, in really? That, in that movie, the character, the deaf uh, woman, the main character, 
is a writer and she writes Midnight Mass, the book. Wow. Uh, Gerald refers to the dog as Cujo, which is a reference to Stephen King's book of the yes. same name. Yeah. Gerald also says, uh, all things serve the beam, which is a reference to Dark Tower from Stephen King. Oh. Um, the headboard of the board, this is not a Stephen King thing, but it's a, in the Flanniverse. The headboard of the bed is, is the lower half of the mirror from Oculus, the cursed mirror from Oculus called the Lasser Glass. Oh, it's wow. It's a wooden framed, like, like swiveling mirror. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jesse talks about Moonlight Man's Bag of Bones, which is a reference to Stephen King's novel, Bag of Bones. Mm. Um, let's see, what else we have here? Um, there is, there is, what is this? Oh, Gerald says we should take our medicine is a reference to the shining. Yeah, the shining. Oh, yeah. And Jack tells Danny to take his medicine. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other one? I think there was one more that I, I read about that was pretty good. Um, but either way, there's a lot of like overlapping circles, concentric circles in there, which I thought was a, yeah, yeah, pretty fun to discover. Um, I what I don't understand is why uh, this woman was with Gerald in the first place. Uh, he's a weird like, thing to think about. Why? Why is that? They're a weird married thing? for eleven. They've been married for like yeah, many years. Eleven years. So <laughs> like, uh, they they bring up a point. Um, her uh, own version of herself uh, brings up a point. Like, why do you think you were with Gerald? Because of the <clears throat> the incident that happened at the mm-hmm. uh, the lake house, and I was just thinking like, well, like at the end of the day, Gerald was kind of like a pos like mm-hmm. he, he he just like her dad yeah but people, daddy, people, daddy issues well people say you almost always end up with someone just like your mother or the father is that right yeah and yeah, it's I, like an old saying i told that to brianna when we started dating and she's like you're nothing like my dad though and i'm like is he into cars she goes fuck <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bunch of old muscle cars and she's like <laughs> she's like you're not a trump supporter are you i'm like who's trump Oh, Don- oh, Donald Trump? Yeah, this was oh, who? <laughs> before the Trump era. But no, um, um, but like there, there is very much so a uh, they in in young men with the woman that they end up with, they call it an Oedipus complex. Oh, you end up with a woman just like your mother because mm-hmm. the famous uh, Greek, uh, I think it, I don't think it's Greek, Greek or Roman. Oh, that Greek. explains a lot with my relationship. I I I know, <laughs> I know, and um, how do you know? With with women, it's uh, it's generally you're going to end up with a man that reminds you of your father or has a lot of similarities to your father. And, oh my god! And in this case, it, ooh, absolutely, total piece of shit. Um, yeah. I just I think uh, for him to like start expressing like this weird rape fantasy like so far into the relationship that they're in right now, like it was. A little bit jarring. You've never been in a relationship that's like 10 years in, six years in, something like that. And it's like, eh, the sex is a little, it's just, it's rote at this point. It's old hat. We need to do something fun to, sp- <laughs> to we need to do something fun to spice it up. So I'm going to come in with my Obi-Wan Kenobi outfit and you're going to be Princess Leia. Uh, no, no. I, I'll be Luke. You be Leia. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I'll be the donut. You be the hot dog. If you know no. what I'm saying. No, I, I I come in the clutch. Let me clu- explain. I, I, I'm always coming in the clutch I, when it comes to my lovemaking. Can I have so a, it doesn't. It, can I have a moment alone with the donut? <laughs> no, I always come but in you, the but clutch. You don't, but you don't. Uh, you don't. That doesn't resonate with you. Like trying to spice things up and. No, no. Like I said, I always come in the clutch. So there's oh, poor, no need poor, to. Sp- poor Sabrina. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't call the secret it is, is that you always keep it spicy. Oh, there we go. No, there, that's, there, that's what I'm talking about. No, <laughs> there's there's no need to. Joseph, what's the secret? How do you keep how do you keep that thing alive? 
Uh, Dr. Le- Pepper every morning. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Step one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me get my pen. Hold on, hold on. Okay, Dr. Pepper, what else? One, two liter Dr. Pepper. Okay. Every morning. <laughs> one, right? two liter. You share between the two of you. A liter each. Oh, you split it? Yeah. Okay, so okay. you get the bottom half, she gets the top half. Uh, I can tell he made love today because his neck is you red. You make pine cone jam. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm, I'll look into it. And you uh, literally include spices into your uh, lovemaking. Oh my God. Turmeric? Is turmeric a good one? Uh, more like cumin. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard turmeric's good for virility, so I'm going to go with turmeric. Oh my God. <laughs> and apparently, what was the one that we talked about last episode? It was uh, it's good for your dick. Uh, mustard? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> no. Maybe, was it last episode or was it before the mics were on? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh, apple cider vinegar. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> apple cider vinegar. <laughs> That's right. It's good for your wing. Yeah, a shot of uh, apple yeah, cider vinegar. Yeah, and a shot of vinegar. apple cider vinegar right before you. Actually... <laughs> Almost like uh, uh, when you put some apple cider vinegar, you dip your finger in it, and you stick it in your uh, butthole. In your own butthole? Inst- oh, okay. Instantly hard. Oh, it's like how <laughs> oh my the, God. the kids butt chug. Or um, Tabasco. Okay, I, I'm on board with okay, that. Okay, we're, we're, we're getting too blue here. Um, <laughs> hey, you don't end up like, uh, you don't end up in a real Gerald's game, do yeah, you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked uh, how they uh, portrayed the dog as eating the dead man, like, almost instantaneously after he died i was like uh and well, i has, said he i has said no connection to the I, I vocally said this as i was watching the movie i was just like this dog has a has a has a taste for human flesh already like i thought that dog was rabid like it's not that, it's not no. anybody's dog yeah it's just it's it's not like he has a connection to him at that point he's just a piece of meat on the ground yeah, but it, it, I've never seen a dog just go it, like that. You, dog. Well, first t- of all, that Tyler, do, Tyler, that, Tyler, do, Tyler. that if, dog. If you died in your house, um, God forbid, and no one found you, I'm gonna six, maybe eight hours tops before Lucas is eating your face. Mm. Absolutely, they start with a face too. It's a known thing. Well, yeah, because the uh, tongue and eyes are like the most like. Uh, nutritious part of the human body for animals anyways um well i'm just saying he doesn't even know that guy he's just like uh, free meat right there well yeah i mean i just think that like the 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 dog like first of all is a lot more comfortable with this uh person than it should be because if it's a stray dog as it's portrayed in the film that dog would be nowhere near that house like it would, it would be like sitting outside, like waiting, uh, pacing around, and then eventually, uh, it would it would come in and st- I guess start feasting on this. Uh, so if you were a dog, body. you would. Oh, now you're dog explaining. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> mansplaining the dog. It's um, um, but I I liked um that they showed there. There's a shot of uh Gerald's face like being like half devoured like i thought that was really cool and then they also kind of make it ambiguous uh because of the uh the the guy who was like uh, robbing graves and stuff like that because he was taking like ears and uh nose jewelry and and stuff like that so like genitals and had sex with the corpses well yes um so you don't know if it was the man in the corner who was uh, peeling off this man's face or if it was the dog. So I, I, I like that ambiguity of... Uh, I never thought about that. I don't think it really leads you to believe that, but I guess in hindsight, it could be. Well, I mean, like, with the whole, like, monologue at the end of the movie, um, she's, like, explaining, like, what the crimes of this person did. Uh-huh. And if you're 
hearkening back to like that shot of his face, like being, uh, you know, obliterated. It's you, you kind of think like, Oh, uh, it could have been that guy because you see that, uh, footstep in the blood, um, which I don't, I don't understand like why there was like a pool of blood around him. He cracked his head open. No, he didn't. He just, he just okay. fell. He just fell off of the bed. Like he did. He, it's enough to kill Barry Keegan in Dunkirk. Well, well he hit a, he hit a, he hit a wheel. Like, <laughs> like he just literally just, she, she you're kicked telling me him never, off of the bed. You're telling me you never fell off your bed, cracked your head and died before. <laughs> Uh, well, let's not explain about my accidents. I mean, he landed on a hardwood bed. floor, and it's right in the name, hard. Dead, he's <laughs> dead weight. Yeah, and he like could have just like smacked dad like right in the temple. Maybe he was opened a wound. Maybe it was his boner exploded. Oh, yeah. hey, that's true. <laughs> yes, I mean it's Viagra, you know. I mean, yeah. Also, uh, Gerald uh, taking two Viagra pills, like knowing that he has a heart condition. Like, what the what the Did hell he take was two? he? Yeah, he took two. Took one earlier and then one again, like right before. It's like, why would you like, you know, like it's a prescription drug and you know, the, you know, the uh, side effects that could, uh, I really felt it's it's like a, what a fool, you know, it's, it's like the, when you eat an edible and you're like, I'm not feeling it an hour later and you take another one and you're like, well, I just fucked up. I just, (laughs) I just fucked up, dude. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't understand, like, I mean, I guess because it goes into his insecurity about not getting uh you know hard and so he's like i just want to make sure that i am mm-hmm. <clears throat> however like if it was oh here Again, i go here I, here comes. I, now you're gerald's playing i've already <laughs> wait, 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 I, wait. I, I just caught myself in what, that what were you gonna say he said if it was me i <laughs> i wouldn't if be you were too. if you were gerald if i was gerald one if my poor wife was saying uncuff me clearly because she's in distress. I would have immediately, instead of arguing with her, arguing with her, like, Oh, you want to spice up things in the bedroom? Oh yeah. yeah, Let me argue with you. Like how, like you uh, about to have the hardest boner right now. (laughs) Old school. That's Gerald. (laughs) When he's, when he's thinking, I'm going to handcuff her. Yeah. (laughs) Like you can't, you cannot plant yourself into movies when you're watching them and and fig, and like think about what you would do because then that ruins so the like, whole the whole character yeah that character has a specific arc that he would do if he, i suppose so if it's yeah. just the tyler noe show then every every movie's gonna be <laughs> the boring. same yeah because like that's not true our, I would, our our lives, how dare you say our, that? Lives, be boring. Are, our lives are boring gerald's life's not boring my life is not boring in the least tell me one exciting thing you did yesterday and, and not delivering a package to a stranger. <laughs> well, like, uh, like, like I said, I almost got rear-ended. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, like this, they portray this movie like in kind of like a sort of like a realistic sort of situation in a sense. Until the um, Moonlight Man comes. Oh, speaking of which, oh, okay. you've already told us um, what you would have done if you were Carla Gugino. You've already told us what you would do if you were the dog. You told us what you'd do if Gerald. <laughs> if I was the dog. What would you do if you were the Moonlight Man? Would you kill her? Uh, well, if I was a Moonlight Man, I had had a full reign to that house. First off, I'd hit the pantry. Second of off, <laughs> stealing off, jewelry. I'd pet that dog. Not one person pet that dog that whole time. That's absolutely correct. Third, third no, of all, no one I'd kill that, that girl. I kill her. <laughs> no, I would not. I would not kill the woman. However, I would release her. 
And then uh, maybe give her like a pat on the head. Because I'd be a good person. <laughs> if I was the Moonlight Man, I wouldn't be a murderer or a grave robber. And I wouldn't kill my sister or her boyfriend, which I call dad. I don't mind him being a grave robber or uh, or being a, a a thief or anything like that. But, you know, he's he wasn't a killer, you know. He, he was a killer. He did. He did. He kill killed people. many people. Oh, he did kill people. Yes, he oh. did. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, For that, I do not That's, like the Moonlight Man. And the, you know what? I don't care if it's an unpopular opinion. I, did, I, I you know, it, it's it, it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you take the shears to that. <laughs> Um, I really liked how subdued this film was. It, like like you said, Pete, in the beginning of this episode, it's a very tight film. It's a very tight film. It doesn't linger too much. It goes into her past, um, and it doesn't linger too long into her past. But it develops your uh, emotional uh, feeling for the character. And I like that. I really, I really like that. I felt that. Um, I, uh, jo- Joseph, we, you and I talked a little bit, I think separately on de- at prior, prior episodes about how, um, you know, it's okay to cut family members off, right? Oh, you don't, ha- you don't yeah. You don't necessarily have to, you know, keep these There's people no in your life. Obligation. Just, yeah. I think this is a perfect opportunity to say, if you got a family member who is a fucking piece of shit, like her dad is fucking get rid of them. You do not need that person in your life. Mm-hmm. Fucking gone. It, yeah. is, it is okay because already the trauma is there. There's nothing you can do to, you know, reverse the trauma. Yeah. But don't live in it forever. You know, it's easy to say as a, what, 12 year old or how old she was, 13 or something like that. Uh, I don't know. She, she was 12. She was 12 years old. She had a sundress that was a little bit too short, which I, when I saw it, um, and when she, when it first came, please into don't the tell shot, me you were thinking what you were thinking. We were about to say when she first came into the shot, like, I was like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, Whoa, Tyler, put that away. <laughs> <laughs> I already, I like, I mean, like they hinted at, <laughs> don't, I don't know why that guard is such laughter. <laughs> but as soon as I saw that, <laughs> oh, I don't want you to clip just my laugh. <laughs> As soon as soon as <laughs> oh god, as soon as I say, as soon as I saw her uh, in that sundress, like in that first shot, I was like, I'm about to have the hardest boner. Right <laughs> you now. take the shears to that, Joseph. I swear to goddamn god, uh, goddamn god, that's a good one. Uh, what, what's, what's our runtime, Joseph? It's about to be an hour, fifteen minutes. Okay, okay. Um, so as at, can I please finish yeah, my wrap, point? Wrap, wrap, it up, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. So as soon as I saw her um, in the flashback when she was wearing that sundress, I was like, okay, I already know what's going to happen. And, and uh, by the way, the father's actor—I I can't remember who's who his name was. Uh, he was awful. He was—he was—he was awful. He played a really like. Was he awful or was his character like an awful. awful person? Or, well, no, his acting was bad, like, because it felt like it was, like, some guy who was, like, an understudy of someone who was trying to play a creep, and it just, it, it, it was creepy, it did creep me out, gave me the so, shivers. Mission accomplished. So, I mean, I guess it was a mission accomplished, but That's at the, the same if, time. If you hate the character, he did a good job. Well. That's the point. I, of course, I hated the character, but I think it was, it was so obtuse and so obvious um that it didn't like hit he, me it, he played uh, lloyd the bartender in dr sleep 
What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. He played Lloyd the bartender. Um, he also was Elliot from E.T. Uh, oh, he, the, okay. the, the yeah, main he's boy. in like uh, almost all of his Flanagan's. Yep, he's um, wow. He's in, he's Father Tom in uh, Ouija Origins of Evil, which his character's name also is Tom in this Gerald's game. Mm. Um, he is um, in Midnight Mass. He plays Ed Flynn, who's like a, kind of a main character. Um, and in the Midnight Club, he's Freedom Jack. Oh, wow. best friend of Iraq Jack. Iraq Jack. Jack Freedom Iraq. Jack. Yeah. I thought, and I I think one of the greater scenes. Uh, wrap, wrap it up. If you want to say last one, what you got? Okay. All right. Okay. We're, um, at, we're at an hour. All right. Um, so I think uh, one of the great scenes of uh, projecting gaslighting was the scene after the incident happened. Where they're sitting on in, the bed. When they're sitting on the bed yeah. and she, she's traumatized and he's saying, Oh well, you know we gotta we gotta we gotta tell mom like we gotta put it out there, and she and obviously like she's feels ashamed doesn't want it. She to does happen. she does not want to because she already has a strange relationship with the mother, and she's that like, really was fantastically and incredibly creepily done. Yes, yeah, I think I felt I, dirty watching that. I did too like it, it i almost didn't want it like don't we want that to exist because that's like it seems feel like a perfect like roadmap for how to like gaslight your um abusey yes just fuck already guy. can you get it over with please <laughs> oh <laughs> no Jesus Christ. oh no oh my god i can't believe you played that <laughs> I we're gonna get canceled. We are gonna dare you, Joseph. We are gonna get canceled for that one. <laughs> he is in the movie. Anyways, let's but, let's, let's wrap it up. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, okay. It's, I, okay. Great, well point taken. Uh, we need to put some grades on this thing, though. So right. Joseph, uh, great, don't you great Gerald's game? Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a give it a give it a good B plus. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's really enjoyable and uh, really creepy, really eerie. Um, just a woman going insane because of trauma that she's experienced in her life, just sort of fueling that fire already. And um, it was uh, it was a pretty interesting, pretty inter- pretty cool, interesting ideas with the whole like like her imaginary husband and her imaginary self sort of interacting yeah. with one another yeah. and almost like being versions, like slightly better versions of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Bruce Greenwood acting in his underwear, the entire movie um, <laughs> and her in a slip the whole time. Yeah. Rock hard. <laughs> and um, the Moonlight man, it was creepy, but I just don't know what purpose it served to the story. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, other than like, she's trapped, she gets out and the Moonlight man is just like this. It seems just, it was just like a, a, a figure they had, like they added so that it would just add to the tension. Sure. Like he's going to come back tonight. Well, he was the personification of uh, death, but he was a real person. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, I think. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't, I, he, I, it was just to add tension. I feel like yeah, to add almost sure. like a, I had a clock to her getting out mm-hmm. other yeah. than her starving or, or starving to death or, uh, dying of thirst or whatever. Sure. sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall pretty good. Well, cool. probably won't revisit it. Um, anytime soon. Um, just going to watch that glove scene on repeat though. Yeah. Make it my <laughs> screensaver. 
Uh, but yeah. Oh God. Awesome. B plus. Uh, real quick before Tyler, the I wanted to comment on the concept of seeing yourself or another person trying to help you out of a traumatic event is called the third man syndrome or third man factor. Mm. And it's generally accepted that that happens a lot of times on um, like Everest, really high climbs. Yeah. That you'll be getting advice from a non-existent third person or second person who's on the trip with you, who's giving Mm. you good advice and encouragement that you don't think of it as internalized uh, conversation or internalized um, dialogue, but Mm -hmm. instead an actual third person that's with you. Oh. It's been it's a recognized like a syndrome or whatever. So interesting. Yeah. In this case, it was like th- th- the third or fourth or fifth person. Oh, wow. All right. So Tyler, um, what's your grade? So I will give this a solid B. Uh, I think uh, Flanagan is uh, I think midnight. I think if you want a dialogue heavy uh, Flanagan film, I think uh, you should search out Midnight Mass. However, uh, this movie was, you know, it kept me on the edge of my seat. Um it's kind of talking about the third person syndrome. Is that what you said? Third man. Oh, third man syndrome or whatever. Um, That was very heavy in my mind. So I had to really fight against that to view this film objectively. Um, It, it, yeah, I thought, I thought it was great. Uh, The, the, the moon man, whatever. I, I, I thought that was a little bit unnecessary. However, he was very creepy and I think it was, uh, very well done as far as like aesthetic wise. And, uh, I appreciated the berserk reference of, for the eclipse. I thought that was really, really cool to see that in uh, real life. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it. This was a fun movie to discuss. So uh, yeah. definitely a solid B. Will I revisit it? Um, yeah, probably. Like not anytime soon. But I I can definitely see myself watching this movie again. Okay. Uh, as for me, I'll give it a B as well. I think it was. Uh, there's times when I was like, man, this is fucking fantastic. This is a really is a masterclass, and that that didn't last for very long. Mm, but, sure, but. There are a lot of very good things to hang your hat on. Moonlight Man's creepy as fuck, even though he doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Some great camera work with like the drapes blowing in the wind and the the light going down in the in the sky and then getting bright again. And the yeah. eclipse, the eclipse yeah. whole visual with the eclipse was pretty cool. Um, layering in some old uh, repressed trauma is always a plus. <laughs> but uh, it was <laughs> it was like God, this is a fucking creep. Some some creepy characters in this. Father's sure. creepy. Gerald's creepy. Um, I'm really, it was really cool to see her escape too. When she was free, I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got him. There's definitely a satisfaction. Got him. Despite um, the injury. Don't, 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 don't say that. You said you didn't give a fuck about her, whether she would escaped or not. <laughs> Can't change your answer now. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I, uh, I liked it. I think everybody should see it, uh, for a, uh, example of like a cool chamber piece with a little supernatural twist and some, uh, real life horror sprinkled in too. So that is that. On to the next one. Let's go get the wheel. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the Wheel of Destiny. All right, that's it for the wheel or for Gerald's game from the wheel. Our Flanagan, Flanafest, Flanathon is over. <laughs> Flanathon. There's nothing left on the wheel for Mike Flanagan. So what am I putting on the wheel? I have 
two movies on my wheel list, and I'm going to go with a classic movie that everybody knows and probably none of us have seen, Air Bud. Air Bud, the original? The original. Oh, I've seen that. Why? Why? Okay. Air Bud spawned a... 100% I've seen Air Bud. Have you? Yes. So I I think I was a little too old when Air Bud came out for it to be in my wheelhouse or even like seen by anyone like near my age mm-hmm. and they have air buddies air buddies in space snow buddies santa buddies there's so many goddamn spinoffs of these fucking air buds franchise <laughs> i'm like what's the well, appeal there's air bud he plays basketball air Bud. i think air bud everybody bud. plays soccer there's a, a football one yeah um, it's like Air Bud Touchdown Bud or something like that. Can you imagine a dog playing in a pro football? And, a dog and, playing basketball? I know. And, and I've said that quote so many times. Show me in the rule book where it says a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> so I want to see if they actually say that goddamn line. So in the we movie. got Air Bud. Air Bud Golden Receiver. Golden Receiver, that's it. Air Bud Golden Old Rece- Pup. Air Bud 7th Inning Fetch. Air Bud Spikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> and the Airbud franchise is the highest grossing Disney direct to DVD, direct to the home theaters um, or direct to DVD I don't series doubt it. of all time. I Air don't Buddy, doubt Snow it. Buddy, Space Buddy, Santa Buddy, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Super Buddies. And I promise I will Oof. not have any of those on the wheel. Damn. I just want to see the original. So, okay. let's recap what we have on the wheel. We have Airbud from Pete, Boogie Nights from Tyler, Kubo and the Two Strings from Pete. Our Patreon fan pick, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, from listener Stephen. Oh, I can't wait. Before Sunset, from Joseph. Another Patreon pick from listener Javier. Dragon Ball, Super Broly. Boyhood, from Joseph. And The Conjuring, from Tyler. So here we go. And this is what we watch next week. It's gonna be... You grease that wheel? Oh, I I looped it up, baby. (laughs) I bled all over it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but blood's a little slippery. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. It's Dragon Ball Super Broly from Mr. Javier. Fan pick. Yes. Wonderful. And I think we need to have Javier call in and explain himself. I think so on, too. Because this is, I my, my <laughs> mind is my mind is spinning on why he would want us to uh kibitz about this movie. Like I, I just don't understand. Do you have a problem? I don't have a problem. I'm just I'm I I am generally confused. This on, is um this is this is not in our wheelhouse. Uh, no, uh, this is not it's streaming on Stars and Directv. Stars. Um, which by the way, apparently, uh, if you subscribe to Prime, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. apparently sometimes Amazon will just sign you up for other other channels, so you might be paying for stars or something yeah, else. If you, if you yeah, like, I learned that the hard way. If, yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So you might have stars out there. Who knows? Uh, my parents might have it, man. I'd check it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's streaming on stars through the Roku channel, through the prime video, and then its own streaming service. And then it's on direct TV. And then you have to rent it for $3 on Amazon, $4 on Apple TV. Well, the other thing too, which we'll talk about next week when we replace that, is that now that Javier's pick is off the wheel, the next patron who gets a slot in the wheel is Joel. Oh, Shinneman. Yeah, Joel Shinneman. And he's got a couple of movies on the list, and I'll, I'll message him privately and ask him which one he wants us to watch first. One of them I didn't even realize I was his pick, uh, Brick. I just watched that this last week with, with uh, Brianna. Mm-hmm. So we'll let him know, find out if he wants to do that one, or Boxing Helena, or two of his movies. Mm. So anyways, next week we'll do Dragon Ball Super Broly from Javier. Hey. <laughs> 
I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to read anything about it except for Goku's probably in it. Yeah. Oh, and Broly. And Broly. Is Broly a person? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. I've heard, I've heard enough. I've heard enough. So until, well, I guess first before we do that, thank you to our cool ass yard duties over on Patreon, Javier, listener Steven, Heather Sachs, Ryan Corbin, and Chris. If you support us financially, visit the, or if you want to support us financially, visit the Patreon page, patreon.com slash class, or you could just listen to the show like you are now, recommend it to a friend or family member, or drop a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or any other place to let you do it. Until next time, thank you for listening to us on our Flan Fest 2023. It is <laughs> done and gone. Sorry for all the, done rid- done. For the ridiculousness of this episode. I had a good time. Uh, follow us on Facebook to continue the conversation, facebook.com slash MCFC podcast. Send us an email, MCFC podcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at podcast MCFC and on TikTok at middle class film class. And follow us on Instagram at middle class film class and leave us a voicemail. Why don't you at 209-730-6010. All righty. We'll see you next time. See ya. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>